great to be here. Um, I don't know about you, I love this time of the year. It's kind of like the in-between time, isn't it? The kind of end of year, but tired and haggard and crash, and then kind of, then you kind of get back in by kind of ready to go again in February. But I love this kind of in-between and kind of chance to think about stuff. And it's all a bit of a blur. I don't know, maybe things have started to sort out. But I was watching the news last week, and the very serious news presenter was like, and that's the news for... Uh, Thursday, is it? Is it th- it's, a bit, it's a bit like that, eh? Like, what day of the week is it? So congratulations, you made it here on Sunday. You realize it's actually Sunday. So that's a good start. But, um, but this time of the year is a time that uh, a lot of people kind of have this sense like, man, I've come out of last year and there's probably some wins and losses. I'm going into next year. And kind of like the sense, like chance for a bit of a reset, right? Chance for, and a lot of people do it around New Year's resolutions. But I believe that as, as people who follow Jesus or acknowledge Jesus, I believe that we have something more powerful than New Year's resolutions at this time of the year. And when I say what it is, you're going to think, that's a lot less significant than New Year's resolutions. But let me explain it. I believe that we have moments. And, and I'm a great, I'm a big believer in moments, that our life is defined by moments. I believe in moments. Uh, actually, I had the privilege of, I don't know why, but... Um, Pastor Sam and Scott and Nate invited me to go and speak at Summer Revo, like wheeling the old guy to talk to youth. And, but it's like, for me, it's like, man, what a pri- I get to create a moment that someone has an encounter with God that's going to, I believe, at last way beyond uh, memories of who spoke and whatever happened, but like one moment with God can change our lives. And, and this is what I believe, and I want to talk about, I believe in moments that become altars in our lives that then become a stake in the ground that anchor your future and build your future. I believe in moments that become altars, that become a stake in the ground. Why do I believe that? Well, first of all, I believe that it's biblical. Um, Abraham is the father of faith, so he's a model of how this thing works. And if you read the account of his life in Genesis, particularly Genesis 12, it can have the sense like uh, God appears to him, God speaks to him, and there he builds an altar. And then, and then he goes and he travels to another place, and there he builds an altar. And if you read on, basically his life is this. He has this altar moment, and then he, he works it out, then he has an altar moment, and he works it out, and he has an altar moment, and he works it out. And basically, here's the thing I want, I, I really want you to get, um, basically the Bible's kind of got no interest in what he did between. It's like, you don't need to know, you just need to know the ultimate, there were defining moments when God appeared to Abraham, and his life was defined by those moments. And so that's why I believe at this time of the year, it's important to go back to the moments because your life will be defined by moments and, 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 a, and a few moments. And, and not only is it biblical, that's been my experience. I, I've probably been a Christian almost 50 years. And, and you know, I could go back, well, this is what I did in my te- teens and this is what I did in my 20s and 30s. And A, you'd be really bored. But, but B, it's like, you don't need to know. I can sum up pretty much 50 years of life in like six moments. And that's the, that's the Abraham model that my life has been defined. If you want to understand me, you just need to understand about six moments. And you're like, I get you. I get why you do life like you do because of those moments. And so that's why it's such a significant time. So, so again, if I'd go back, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I got involved in this kids' club um, at primary school, and they talked about this camp, and they did lots of fun things like, I don't know, water and stuff, and 
whatever. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm keen. So I went to this camp, and then one night, this man stood and explained about Jesus, that Jesus loved me, that Jesus had a purpose for my life, that Jesus died on the cross. And then he said, uh, and, then he said and if you want to receive him, stand up, the front, stand up and come down to the front. And I remember going back to, again, I don't even know how old I was, eight or nine or something, going back to my bunk bed uh, and, and just saying, and for the first time in my life, praying to God and just saying, God, you know that I believe everything that guy said tonight. But you also know there's no way I'm going up the front, eh? So, kind of, we're, we're all good, kind of, I think. But, um, but it's like this heart, the pure heart that just says, God, I believe in you. And that's why I love being in Taupo this week, because it was just down the road at a Christian camp in Taupo that that happened. So that's why I never have any sense of cynicism of young people responding to Jesus, because my life has been defined by a moment that an eight-year-old had in his bunk at a camp. And people who come to me that I knew when I was you know, growing up, and they're like, oh, you still haven't got over that religious thing. It's like, oh, you don't understand. I had a moment. It wasn't just a fad. It wasn't just an idea. It was a moment with God that's defined the rest of my life. Another one, again, why I, why I so believe in creating moments for young people was when I was 15, I went to this big youth conference in Wellington and, um, you know, over a number of nights. And there was one night that particularly, the, I don't even know what he's talking about, but the guy was speaking and, again, he got to the end and he's saying, man, if you, just, if you want to give your whole life to serve God, I want you to get up out of your seat and come down the front. And I don't even remember being particularly engaged or listening to this person. But the person next to me stood up. And for some reason, I stood up with them. And I, and I walked down to the front of the Wellington Town Hall. A couple of thousand people there were standing down the front. And I'm a bit like, I don't even know, really know what I'm doing here. And then, you know, the week finished and I got back on the bus, went back home and forgot about it. But here's why I believe in moments, because... Five years later, I was finishing a degree at Auckland University and I'd made all these career plans. I was enrolled in a master's and going to do all this stuff. And God reminded me of that moment. And, he, and I felt him say to me this, you said that I could have your life. And I was like, wow, I did. Yeah, I did. And yeah, I, and, I, and I still believe that, God. You've got my life. If you want me to do something different, you know, tell me over the summer. Otherwise, my path is kind of clear. But, but that's why, because even when I forgot about the moment, God didn't. And that's why I believe in creating moments, because I believe God takes moments very serious of, of eight-year-olds and 15-year-olds. And however old you are, a moment with God, God takes seriously. And your life will be defined by your moments. And this is a great time of the year to go back and revisit the moments. And if you need it to have if you like, a new moment. Why, is it, why does it work like that? In the Bible, there's two words for time, two Greek words. One is chronos, from which we get the word chronological time. That's just the flow of time. And it's like, yeah, that just, it just flows on, eh? But the second word is a Greek word, kairos. Kairos is specific. It means the opportune, the opportune time, the set time, the moment for decision or action. I looked it up, this is what it says, and then I had to look up the definition. A propitious time, it means a f moment favorable for success. It's like, there, there's the flow of time, but in the flow of all that, there are certain kairos moments, which is a moment when God apprehends you, and, and, and at that moment, you make a decision, and you put your life on the altar, and, and, and then the rest of your life is just living that out. Now's a good time. 
to revisit the moments because that's what will define your life. Um, Jesus actually was into this. If you, I, the start of his ministry is recorded in Mark 1, 15. And if I think about it, what I think I remember him saying is this, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. He doesn't actually start there. He starts with this. It's a moment. Greek, the time has come. Kairos, this is a moment. This is a moment. Jesus intersected people's lives and went, this is a moment. Why? Because God's here, in a sense, in your face. God's encountering you. And so then the call is like, yeah, God has come near. Something is touching your life. Repent. Yeah, change your thinking about where your life's going to go. Believe this good news. There's something else. But because there's a moment, and Jesus orchestrated moments. He orchestrated Kairos moments. And I believe this, that before you were born, he decided there would be certain moments. Then he orchestrated them. And so you see the follow-on in Mark 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out for, to fish for people. At once they left their nets. They had a moment. If you talk to Peter in his 50s, 60s, like, how did you end up here? Well, there was this moment. I was just working as a fisherman. I've been working there for a long time. And then this guy encountered me. And he, and he redirected my life, and he launched this whole new trajectory. What, how did you end up here, Peter? Because I had a moment. Man, I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to really tenderly kind of rest over us this morning and touch your heart to remind you of the moments. Because that's the most precious thing in your life. Your life will be defined by your moments. Let me quickly just suggest seven things about moments. Why, why are they so important? Why, do you, why is it so important that you understand them? The first one is this. Number one, because they're a moment of encounter. It's like, that's God touching you. That's not, oh, you just got caught up in the hype. Oh, it was just the environment. Oh, you just went along with the flow. No, no, that was God. That was God who noticed me as a 15-year-old standing at the front of Wellington Town Hall. That was God who met me as an eight-year-old. That's why they're powerful, because it's God encounters. It's God encounters, not just hype, not just atmosphere. But secondly, they're moments of revelation that when God meets, he, he draws out purpose. He draws out identity. He speaks destiny. And that's why they're so powerful that it's like in that moment, God grabbed your heart for something. And again, to go back, your life will be defined by those moments. Remember, um, Christine and I, newly married, kind of took the short-term team to Manila and the Philippines and just seeing the millions of people and then standing on the top of this rubbish dump when 10,000 people um, lived and just weeping and just going, God, let us come back here because we're suddenly, our hearts have been gripped by the, the masses of humanity that are lost and struggling. And it's like a moment, a moment standing on the top of a rubbish dump in the Philippines changed our lives. Now, I, I believe in moments. I believe in moments. So they're moments of encounter, they're moments of revelation but they're, almost, they're also moments of decision and commitment. If you read the account, he built an altar. Yeah, man, God's here. Yeah, God's re revealing. But there's a response. And, and that's, I think, that feeling, when I think back, the purest moments of my life have been that sense like, 
like that eight-year-old, yeah, God, you know I, what everything that, God's, that guy said, I believe. That 15-year-old, God, I'll, just, I'll give you my life. Just do whatever you like with it. And it's great to have a moment of encounter. It's great to have a moment of revelation. But what really turns it into a defining moment is the response that we build an altar in our life. And we go, God, I, I don't really know where this is going. Maybe I'm a bit scared. Maybe I'm a bit afraid. But I surrender to you. I give my life to this. I don't know what this means, God, but my life is yours. And God's like, yeah, let's go on an adventure and see where it goes. Because they're so significant, they're moments of encounter. Secondly, they're moments of revelation. Thirdly, they're moments of decision. Fourthly, sometimes it's time to seek a moment. And maybe some of you now, you're frustrated or you feel like you lost your way and it's like, you need a moment. You don't want to go into 2022 without a moment. And, and you see this in, if we flick back up those passages in Genesis 7 and 8 about Abraham, if you notice, there's actually a big difference. So Genesis 7 is that God appears, so God initiates it. Uh, and then God speaks to him, to your offspring I'll give this. And so thirdly, he builds an altar as a response. But if you go on to verse 8, he goes on and he camps somewhere, and then it says, and there he built an altar, and he called on the name of the Lord. It's like, I'm not just going to wait till a random encounter. I'm, I'm going to go after a moment. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build the altar before I have the encounter. I'm going to say, God, I don't know what 2022 means. I don't know what you got, but I give you my life. Now, God, here, take my life. God, come and meet me and speak to me. And it's like, maybe some of you, it's like, man, I need, to build, I need to be proactive and build the altar. Actually, if you look at it, it's an interesting picture because it says, he went towards the hills, he pitched his tent, and it says, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. This is not mystical or anything. It's literally what that means. Bethel means the house of God, and I means ruins. And it's like, I'm at this moment, and there's two paths. There's all that God's got for me and God's presence and God's flourishing and there's ruins. I need a moment because I need to know which way I'm going. I don't, I don't want 2022 to be ruins. I want it to be the place that I dwell in the presence of God. And so he built an altar at that moment. It's a bit like that for me when I was, um, I said when I was 15, I said, God, you can have my life. At 20, he said, you said I could have your life. So I was like, okay, God, I've kind of got everything planned out. So you've got the summer if you want to redirect me. Um, and, and so I went to this youth camp and um, sitting on the front row one night, just before the session, the leader guy comes bounding off the stage, running down to sort out something from the back desk. And as he went past me, he just said, oh, you should come and work for us. And I was like, I think that's, I think that's it. I think God's just redirected my life. But it was interesting, there came a night uh, when I was due, I was living in Taranaki, that the next morning I was due to get on the bus and go back to Auckland. And, and I was like, God, what, I think, what do I do? And I remember walking in my mum's house, walking down to my bedroom and kind of going, I don't really know how to hear from God, but I'm going to walk into that room and when I come out, I need to know what am I going to do. I need to know, do I get on the bus tomorrow and follow this dream of a career? Or do I walk away from everything and 
come and be a youth worker back in my hometown in Taranaki. And I don't really know what happened in that room. There were no angelic choirs or signs in the sky, but I came out like, oh yeah, I'm staying. And there were people who thought, man, you've just ruined your life. But I can look back 40 years later and go, no, that was the Bethel path. That's been the path of blessing, the path of fulfillment. And for me, the other path probably would have been my ruin. And so some of you may find yourself at that position. And it's like, I've got some options. I don't know which is my Bethel. I don't know which is my ruin. God, I need a moment with you. I need a moment with you. Because of that, the other interesting thing about Abraham, there were times he returned to the altar. So if you've got Genesis 13 verse 2, this is the next chapter. It talks about from there he traveled from one place until he came to Bethel to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier. He came back to that same place where he had first built an altar and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Sometimes it happens, life just happens eh, and we find ourselves back. And it's easy to beat yourself up and get cynical. Ah, I thought I, you know, I thought I was here a year ago, or I was here five years ago, or I was here ten years ago, or twenty years ago. And I kind of, no, there's nothing wrong about finding yourself back at the altar. Just rebuild the altar. Just recommit to the altar. God, I kind of lost my way there for a bit, but God, I remember that moment that you spoke to me, that youth camp. I remember that time at shout where you spoke to me. God, I don't really know what happened in between there, but I'm here, I'm back at the altar. God, I'm good to go again. I'm seeking you, I'm reaching out, I'm I'm asking for another moment. Sometimes, number six, it's actually time to rebuild the altar. This is not Abraham, this is Elijah. 1 Kings 18 verse 30, it says this, Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Maybe it's like, I just didn't, wander off a bit actually God I kind of messed this up but there's something beautiful about getting down and picking up the stones putting them back in place oh man God's I feel God's heart in that there's something about the humbling of our heart that just rebuilds the altar yeah God it was a long time ago but it was real I don't really know what happened, but I'm rebuilding the altar now, putting these things back in place. And God, I want to I open my heart and I want to serve you with my life. Why, why are these moments so important? And why are they so significant? And how do you engage with them? I want to say point seven, because they're moments of redeployment. I don't know if you've ever noticed Equipa's logo is a little arrow, and it comes from a passage in Isaiah 49, this prophecy initially to the Messiah, but then applies, we can apply it to ourselves, just says, listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. How cool is that? Even before you were born, God had a plan for your life. Even before probably your parents named you, he knew your name. And he made a decision that he was going to intersect your life in certain Kairos moments. And and this is what it said. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow. 
and concealed me in his quiver. It's this image that our lives are like this arrow in God's quiver. And in a certain moment, he reaches in, takes hold of our life, pulls, pulls the arrow out, engages it, redirects where it's going and releases it. And so an altar moment is not something we decide to have in some way. It's not even something that we control. It's this moment like, I thought I was just going along sweet. And suddenly I feel like something's taken hold of my life. And suddenly I'm thinking different things. And, and what the heck is going on? You're having a moment. You're having a moment where God is taking hold of your life like an arrow. And he's saying, you thought you were going here, but I've prepared you for something else. And now's the moment that I'm releasing you towards something else. Um, I was intrigued a few years ago, Pastor Scott got me to speak at a young adult thing, and I, I looked up some research about this word kairos. Etymology means where a word originally came from. This is where it comes from. In Onion's 1951, etymological studies of the word, this, he traces the primary root back to the ancient Greek association with archery. In archery, kairos denotes the moment in which an arrow may be fired with sufficient force to penetrate a target. A kairos moment is precisely that moment that the arrow has been prepared and suddenly suddenly, it, God's engaged our heart and he's redeployed us and he's firing us off to accomplish his purpose. Man, that I'm not in control of this life that God is the divine archer. I'm an arrow in his quiver. And he engages my heart. He redirects and he redeploys. It's what Jesus did with Peter. Again, story I remember uh, in my early 20s, I got interested in world mission. And so I decided just to go to this World Vision Conference in Palmerston North. I didn't know anyone there. So I just arrived the first night of the conference, walking into this big gym at Massey University. And I didn't know anyone, so it feels a bit awkward. So there's a book table down the back, so I thought, I'll go and hang out in there and stuff. I remember just in this environment, just the worship leader got up, just strummed his guitar, just said, hey, let's, let's come together. We're going to worship God, just playing a couple of chords. I was at this book table. This book stood out to me. Oh, I looked at this book. Um, it was called What on Earth is God Doing? I picked it up, opened to the table of contents, not even the writing, just the table of contents. Chapter 2, Our God is a Missionary God. And the mute couple of guitar chords, this book, Our God is a Missionary God, at a World Vision Conference, I just started weeping. I was like, I don't even know what that was about. But a few years later, Christine and I relocated to go and work in the slums of Manila and then down into a Muslim people group in the southern Philippines. And then, and then now what I do, you know, is involved in stuff all around the world. Why? Because of a moment. No one asked for a response. No one had even started worship. No one had spoken yet. I didn't even read the content of the book. I just read the table of contents. But it was a moment when God reached into his quiver and said, you've had all of these plans, Steve. But actually, I'm engaging your heart for something different and bigger. And I'm redirecting you towards this world mission thing. And I'm now releasing you to go after that. God is a broker of moments. They're so significant. Why is this so important at this time of the year? I said I believe in mo moments that become altars, that become a stake in the ground. The theme for 2022, Pastor Sam says, is go big. Don't, don't you love how counterintuitive he is? Like, the end of the year, everyone's so tired, and it's like, unlock creativity. 
And then 2022, like, who knows what's going to happen? Let's just take it real slow and cautious. No, let's go big. Um, and, and so, and the passage centered on this is Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. I love the first part. It almost feels like, we don't have to do anything except just don't get in the way. Like literally says, don't hold back. Just let it happen. Let it go. If you're in doubt, should I go big or be cautious? Go big. Just, just untie the tent peg. Just let it go. But then there is something active. Strengthen your stakes. Um, Christine and I, I was going to say Christine and I like camping. Christine loves camping. I support her in that. Um, but um, there's a difference, you know, when you're little pup tent, just a sunshade, you just put a few little pins in the ground. But when you're going to build a significant tent for a while, the first thing you do, you go back and you strengthen the stakes. Big, solid stakes driven into the ground, because that's got to anchor something significant. And there'll be lots of interpretations. I'm sure lots of people are going to preach about this in the coming year. But I want to suggest this. Your moments that became altar moments are the stake in the ground that on which you can anchor a significant future. Man, and that's why at this time of the year, strengthen the stakes. For me, yeah, as an eight-year-old, I met Jesus. As a 15-year-old, I said, God, you could have my life. Probably as a 21-year-old, I was like, I'm called to global mission." I wonder what your moments are. I wonder what they have been. Because you are so precious to God that He has scripted your life based around a number of moments. 